Right, so we think we're ready to go. Okay, so let's do it. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about training, which is very exciting. And specifically, if you've watched the, the first video on the training sequence, we're going into a little bit of detail about the different kinds of training you can do. And the, the basic premise of that video is that metabolic resistance training is the best uh, the best training for, for fat loss. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to run through what sort of metabol metabolic resistance training is. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, we're going to talk about what it is that you need to know about, about resistance training. And we're going to be talking sort of about all the different factors that make it up so that you can get the most out of your training, uh, especially if whether you're training at home or you're training at the gym, to get the absolute most out of it so that you're, you're making the best, the best progress possible. Okay, so the first thing that we're going to do is we're just going to quickly outline the problem. And for most people, the main problem is, is that they're making progress, but they feel like it's too slow. So for the most part, the, the amount of progress that one should be making in terms of fat loss, and this is obviously very dependent upon your individual circumstances, but the amount of progress that I try and recommend that people aim for is between a half a percent and a percent of your body weight per week. If it's less, if it's uh, slower than that, then it basically means that you're probably not going to be motivated enough by it to keep going. And if it's faster than that, it means that you're either sort of it's not really true or you're doing something that's not going to last. So you want to be in that little bracket. If you're somebody who finds that it's a, that your progress is a little bit slow. Uh, and you're doing the training and you don't necessarily feel like you're getting as much out of it as you as you want to be, then this little uh, sort of web, webinar will, will really help you out, okay? The other thing is, I mean, we have to talk about it, is, is injury. So we need to make sure that when you're training that you're reducing your risk of injury as much as possible. And I'll be honest with you, I believe that uh, the resistance training generally is, is pretty low injury um, and has a pretty low incidence of injury gem generally if you compare it to things like doing classes and running and uh, playing sports especially. So, but at the same time, we wanna make sure that your, you know, your, your, your chance of getting injured are as low as possible. So the first thing is that there is no such thing as a hard program. And the, you know, People say to me, oh, this program's easy, this program's hard. As far as I'm concerned, all programs are uh, about as hard as you are willing to make them. And the most important thing is, you know, how much effort you're going to put into the program has a lot to do with how much you're going to get out of it. The only thing that I can do in terms of writing a program is that I can, rather than making it sort of an easy program or a hard program, it's do you have the ability to execute that program? So just do the exercises within that program suit your particular sort of um, ability, your sort of coordination? Does it suit your, uh, even things that you can get a little bit more complicated, like your postural sort of, um, sort of flaws and that kind of thing, you know, limb length, you can get well into it. But basically, are the exercises that we're choosing, are they, do they make it easy for you to execute the program? Is the program suitable? So does it actually fit with the level of equipment that you've got? Does it fit with your level of experience? Um, and does it actually, is it actually appropriate for you? There's, there's relevance, which means is the program that I've written actually relevant to what you're trying to achieve. So if you were trying to achieve fat loss, then you would want a certain type of program, which we're going to be talking about. If you wanted to get faster, then that program would be very relevant. And then the last thing is there needs to be some kind of an element of scalability to your program in order for us to continue to make progress 
because that in itself is one of the, the biggest factors. And if you're continually making progress, then there's a very good chance that you're gonna actually enjoy it a bit more. If you feel like you're just turning up doing the same thing over and over again, then it's gonna get quite boring quite quickly, okay? So when you're training with me, what I want you to remember is that the, the main goal of your training is to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, okay? And the reason that we want to do that is because when you're in a calorie deficit, if you're trying to lose weight, um, then the most important thing and the most important thing about your training is that you need to be retaining the muscle tissue, the bone tissue and all that kind of stuff um, that you have and not using it as fuel to make up for your calorie deficit and to make sure the calorie deficit that you've created is coming out of exclusively your fat stores. That's very, very important, okay? The other thing is, is if you are, I mean, this is probably more relevant to the men because women don't put on muscle anywhere near as quickly as men do, but if you're training, you probably also want to put on some muscle because it's going to look good, but also it's going to help you to keep your metabolism elevated. The more you keep your metabolism elevated, the more that you're going to be able to continue to make progress in the long term. Okay. The second thing is EPOC and EPOC basically stands for excessive post-exercise oxygen consumption. Short, simply put, it's the afterburn effect that you hear about when people are advertising HIIT classes. And the way that you produce that is that when you produce lactic acid, your body has to clear it out of your body. And in order to do that, it has to use fat as a fuel source. It's as simple as that. And that will continue to go on for up to 48 hours after you finish training. If your program is written appropriately, and if you do it correctly, you will continue to burn more fat than you would have done otherwise for 48 hours after you finish training, okay? And then the last thing is you just wanna burn calories. And you would burn calories if you went for a walk, you would burn calories if you went swimming, you would burn calories if you played tennis. Um, that's just movement. So in that order, those are the three things that uh, we want you to do. Now, in order to actually achieve that, we need to do two things in our training sessions. And if you take nothing else away from this little presentation, it's that you need to create and maintain tension when you're training, and you need to create metabolic stress. And now what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna break down what those things mean and the different sort of components of your training session that will allow you to do that. So first thing is tension, okay? So your muscles don't know how much weight's on the bar. So if you pick a, um, if you're say for example, an exercise that everyone knows is like something like a bench press, the muscles in your chest don't actually know how much weight is on the bar, which is in your hands. The only thing they know is how much tension you're putting through the, your chest as you come down and how much tension you're putting through the chest as you're coming up. You'll have all done exercises where you feel like you're, um, although you, you know, you're doing the exercise, you don't feel it in the right place. Your body is actually very good at not using the muscles that you want to use. And so the first thing we need to do is we need to make sure that you understand what it is that you need to do in order to get good tension. And the first thing is form, okay? So your brain is smart and it will do everything in its power to use another muscle and stop the target muscle from fatiguing. So in every exercise you ever do, your brain is gonna try and find a way to, you can call it cheat, you can call it compensate, you can call it pick the wrong muscle, whatever you wanna call it, but your brain is gonna be pushing you away from doing things to the point of actually fatiguing a muscle. So say for example, that you're doing, uh, again, let's just use a bench press because it's kind of a simple exercise that everyone knows. The main muscles that you're trying to use in that are your muscles in the back of your arms, your triceps and your chest. But lots of people will find that as they get towards the end of a set that they are 
uh, actually starting to use, maybe sort of they're starting to use the muscles in the front of their shoulders and that starts feeling comfortable. Maybe they're using the muscles in their neck. Basically what's happening is your brain is trying to desperately look for a muscle that can help out this fatiguing muscle so that you don't drop the bar on your face or whatever it is that it thinks is going to happen that's bad. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that you prioritize more than anything else, keeping the form as good as possible so that you do actually target the muscle that you want to fatigue and fatigue it as much as possible because that is what's going to cause you to get the tension and also the metabolic stress. So the way that you do that is you make sure you watch the video, okay? So what I don't want to see is people trying an exercise without having actually seen the video because that actually doesn't make any sense. Make sure you read the notes under every video that I, I put into your program because what I've put in there is all the stuff that every one of these exercises I've been through hundreds of times, thousands of times with clients and I know the things that come up commonly and the things that people need to watch out for. So study the notes. If you're not sure, study the notes, study the notes, study the notes. If you're then wanting some help, which I would encourage you to do, then use the video coaching. So make sure you send me some videos of you training so that I can actually see what you're doing. That feedback from me is going to be motivating for you because you're going to actually do stuff better and you're going to enjoy it more. And it's also good for me because I can keep track of what you're doing. Okay. And then the last thing is if you're not sure about an exercise, then please, please, please just ask. Because the fact of the matter is, is although I've written the notes and I've done the videos, I don't believe that I've done everything perfectly. There's no way that's possible. I will have missed bits. So if you, anything is unclear or anything isn't right, then make sure you ask me and then I'll always do my best to try and include that so that it is a better product ultimately and it helps, helps people more easily. Okay, so first thing is make sure that your form is good. The second, which is kind of like two halves of the same thing, form and intent are very similar, but... What just to move the weight from A to B is is just not enough. You must contract the muscle against resistance. Now, if you're watching this on the playback and you're not watching this live, then uh, there's a little test that you can do. But in otherwise, just think about what you might be doing. So, the squat test is very simple. If you're standing up straight, and you can do this along with me if you want. If you're standing up straight, squeeze your bum at the top of the, the while you're standing up. I would say 99% of people can do that. Okay. Squat down as low as you can and then stand up again, okay? And just trying to get a feel for that, how that feels. And then what I want you to do is I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to try and squeeze your bum the whole way down, pause at the bottom, and then squeeze your bum the whole way up. Most people, I would say probably nine out of ten people on first attempt, won't be able to do that because it feels uh, it feels difficult to use certain muscles and keep them tensed whilst going through a motion, Okay. This might sound a bit confusing. You say to me, well, how can you, how can I squeeze my bum and move at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. Everyone so far that I've done this, this other test with, which is the bicep test, can do this. So what I want you to do, um, I'll give you a quick example, is basically squeeze the muscle in your arm like this, okay? And then put your finger on it like this so you can feel it. And then what I want you to do is try and keep that bicep squeezed and then slowly, and you can do this with me, straighten your arm, keeping it squeezed, and then squeeze your, pull your arm back up, keeping it squeezed. Okay, generally speaking, everyone can do that. So that is that is basically keeping your bicep on tension as you go through the range of motion. It's harder to do with muscles like your glutes and your bum. It's harder to do with muscles like the ones on the back of your arm, your triceps. Back muscles tend to be quite difficult to get on. But every time you do any exercise, that's what you should be trying to do. You should be trying to contract the muscle against the resistance and not just simply move the weight. That will basically take your training session from something where you're you're going through and you're kind of thinking, nah, 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 going through a thing, nah, or whatever, watching TV, kind of not really paying attention. 
translate that to doing something where you're actually paying attention for the entire time and you're thinking about every single rep and squeezing your way through it, the, what you're gonna get out of that session is gonna be tenfold, okay, in terms of the amount of tension you're gonna be able to create and ultimately the amount of fat that you're gonna be able to burn. So please keep that in mind, make sure that you're doing good form with good intent, okay? Next one is tempo. And this is probably the one that I talk about the most, which is, it's effectively what we're talking about is time under tension. So time under tension is the most important metric and not the reps done. Which means that if you're gonna do a set of, let's keep with the bench press, because that seems to work. So if you can do a set of 10 reps on the bench press and you're gonna go up one, down one, up one, down one, up one, down one, then two seconds of rep, 10 reps, we're gonna do 20 seconds of time under tension, okay? If you're gonna be doing three seconds down, which is what I usually get people to do, one second pause, one second up, then you're gonna be doing five seconds per rep, or potentially even one second at the top, but let's just leave it at that. Five seconds per rep for 10 reps is 50 seconds time under tension. Now, don't need a maths, a maths degree to work out which one of those is gonna be more difficult. And actually, the fact of the matter is, is having your muscles under tension for 50 seconds non-stop is the thing that matters, not pushing it up and down 10 times, okay? So when I write tempo prescriptions into your programs, there are four numbers. The first one is where you're lowering the weight, and that means when the weight is going towards the center of the earth, okay, whether that's you, whether that's a weight, whether you're hanging on a TRX, whatever the weight is, if you're the weight, then it's when you're going down. If it's on a cable, it's when the, the weight is going down. Whatever happens when the weight is going down, that's the first number, and it tends to be the bigger one. The second one is the squeeze or pause. So that would be the bit in the middle. So say, for example, you're doing a bench press, it's three seconds down. The second number will be a one second pause. The third number is the raising speed. And generally speaking, I'll stick that at one second because I don't want you to chuck it through the ceiling, but I don't want you to do it slowly. And then the last one is a squeeze at the top or a pause, okay? It's as simple as that. Hopefully that makes sense. If you need it clarifying, then you can always ask me, but that's essentially it, okay? And then the last one, and this is the one that, this is the least important of these four things, is range, okay? So it's more important you get the form right, it's more important that you squeeze, it's much more important that you make sure you keep the tempo correct. If you've got all those three sorted, then you can start to work on the range. And properly done, strength training should mean that you no longer need to stretch in order to stay supple, okay? It's, I'm not suggesting that you're gonna become a, you know, a circus performer doing strength training, but you shouldn't have to stretch in order to avoid pain. You shouldn't have to be able to stretch in order to move well. And what I want you to be thinking about is using your active range of motion, okay? So that means that if you, for example, doing a bench press, most people will be able to feel their, their chest working at the top. And then as they come down, say for example, the same thing with like a push-up or something, they'll come down to about this point here and they'll start to lose the tension here. That means that although they can move through that range, they can't actually control it using the, the target muscles. And so they should stop at that point. Okay, now I'll be very hot on this when I'm doing video coaching and I will be making sure that um, you know, I'm, you're not using too much or too little range. But the idea is you wanna use as much range as you can whilst controlling it with the target muscle. And you find the target muscle in the notes, okay? Because strength is range specific. If you get strength strong at the end ranges of motion, then you will be strong in the middle, but it's not vice versa. So we want to try and get you strong in a large range of motion so that your injuries are much less likely to happen. Um, and then keeping the, as much range of motion as possible increases the work done. So let's say that the form is good, we've got a good intent, and we are uh, making sure we've got a good tempo. Now, if I lower the bar 
a foot, let's say, then I will be doing half the work that if I lower the bar two feet. Okay, so the weight is having to move further, which means I'm burning more calories, which is stimulating more muscle. But it only counts if you keep it within the active range of motion. So please bear that in mind. So that is how you create tension. A lot of specific stuff there, a lot of jargon, uh, but there comes a point where I have to use it because you know it has to be sort of proper language to help you to understand. You may find that you need to revisit that again, but now what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the, the metabolic stress element. So remember what we need to do is we need to combine tension, and metabolic stress in order to stimulate those three things that we said at the beginning, which is muscle protein synthesis, afterburn effect, and burning calories. So the first thing, you know, the first thing that I want you to make sure I sure you understand is that the, the key defining point of a good fat loss program is the creation of lactic acid because the metabolic stress helps to stimulate the muscle retention and muscle growth, and the lactic acid also helps to do the afterburn effect. As I said, that is the key component of a good fat loss program. If you're not generating lactic acid, it's not a fat loss program, it's just exercise, okay? So, first thing is we're gonna be talking about rest. And when I watch people in the gym who I'm not training, I would say that this is something that pretty much everybody gets wrong. And I can see what they're trying to do, but people spend too long. And I, I put rest breaks in for a reason. They're not there to be ignored. And if you want to get the best results, and if you want to get the most out of your program, and you actually probably want to enjoy it more because it's going to be challenging, I would advise that you stick to the rest breaks. So the, the term that we use to describe um, the amount of work done in an amount of time is density. So let's say you do 100 reps of an exercise in 10 minutes. To do the same 100 reps of exercise in 20 minutes has 50% of the density as to do it in 10 minutes and is actually, it's not exactly, but half as difficult. So if you want to actually create that metabolic stress, create that lactic acid, you need to make sure the rest breaks are short, which is what I give you, sort of usually one to one and a half minutes tops, and make sure that you're sticking to that so that you can actually um, you know, continue to produce lactic acid and develop what we call cumulative fatigue. So the first set is easier than the second set, which is easier than the third set, which is easier than the fourth set. And by the time you get to the fourth set, you're really struggling, okay? First set should be okay. If you feel like the first set is as easy as the last set, then there's probably something going wrong. And the other benefit of this is if you keep the rest breaks short, then you get a bit of cardio workout. And that in itself is a good thing, keeps you healthy, keeps you happy, um, and it means that you don't have to spend as much time running around or swimming or cycling or doing whatever it is that you're doing. The next one is reps. So once you have all of those things controlled, then you can start to think about reps. So only reduce, um, sort of alter the reps once you have everything else sorted. Sometimes I'm gonna give you a rep range. And that means that, say you do eight to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, that kind of thing. Typically I'll do this when you're doing an exercise that doesn't use weight. Because if you're doing like a TRX exercise or something like that, then you know you, you can't adjust the weight up and down, so you adjust it with the reps. Or otherwise, I'll be doing it when I'm doing something called a double progression. Now, I'm gonna try and explain this fairly simply. It's not particularly hard. If, you know, gym people can understand it, then it, you know, it can't be that difficult. The Basically, say for example, your rep range is 10 to 12, and you're doing a bench press with 10 kilos. You do 10 kilos for 10 reps, you keep it the same. If you can get 10 kilos to 12 reps for, for all of your sets, then you're coming to the top of your rep range, and then what I'd recommend that you do is you increase it to 11 and go back to doing 10 reps. And then you try your best, you keep working at it until eventually you can get to 12 reps of 11, and then you increase to 12, and then you go back to 10 reps. That's a double progression, which basically means that you've always got something, either a rep target or a weight target to work towards. 
The other thing that I'll do is I'll give you fixed reps. And if I give you fixed reps, that means I don't want you to do more or less than what I've told you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to adjust the weight. And that is the last one, okay? So load is the absolute last variable to program and you should, and, and basically it should be adjusted to whatever it, your current ability is. So if you come in on a specific day and you feel crap, then this is what I want you to change. I want you to reduce the weight. I don't want you to do fewer reps. I don't want you to do fewer sets. I don't want you to do different rest breaks. I want you to adjust the weight. That's what I want you to do. If you feel like Superman, I don't want you to change anything else. I want you to change the load because the load is the only thing that I actually want you to change. Everything else has been written by me for a reason and everything else should be stuck to because that's the best way to do it, okay? And that's ultimately what I'm here for is to tell you what to do, right, with regards to your training. So on... Uh, the main sort of thing that we're looking to do, like what I've kind of like what I've just discussed is progressive overload. And progressive overload basically means that every week, every month, every year, you're increasing the amount of weight you're using in order to increase your strength um, and continue to keep sort of pushing yourself forward. I kind of spoken about non-weighted exercise. If you're doing a TRX exercise, a bodyweight exercise or something like that, then please uh, adjust the reps and I'll probably give you a rep range if I want you to do that. If I haven't given you an adjustable rep range, then don't adjust the reps. Uh, and the last thing is, is if you take into account everything that we've just said, if you take into account the form, if you take into account the intent, range of motion, tempo, all that kind of stuff, you really don't need a huge amount of weight in order to develop a response and in order to make things difficult, okay? So make sure for those of you out there who are uh, enthusiastic, let's say, drop the ego and make sure you're using weights which are appropriate, okay? So if you can comfortably get to the rep range, then it's too easy. If you can't make the rep range on the first uh, first set, then it's too hard. As an overview, the first thing to do is make sure you get the form right. Then, if you've got the form right, we wanna focus on getting the intent so you're working the correct muscle. Once you can feel the muscle working, then you wanna make sure the time under tension is correct. And then once you've got the time under tension under correct, you wanna make sure that you're using proper range of motion, okay? Keep the rest breaks strict, push the rest breaks where the reps where appropriate, and then implement progressive overload and start to increase the amount of weight that you're using, okay? So if you, I know there's a lot to talk about there and it's all very technical and hopefully it all makes sense and I've managed to break that down in a way that's clear. If you actually implement all of this, then you will get fit, essentially. That's, it's as simple as that. Getting thinner is all good and well, um, getting slimmer is all good and well, but there will come a point in everyone's journey where they start thinking about muscle tone more than they start thinking about inches lost, okay? When you get to that point, you need to rely much more on training than you need to rely on nutrition. So once you've got your food habits sorted and once you've started to make some progress and once you've started to see a little bit of definition, most of the progress that you get for the final sort of, I don't know, the final straight, let's say, is going to come from implementing a decent training routine and complementing that with a good nutrition routine, okay? And then ultimately, what you'll end up with is a new you. And that's what we want to get to. So hopefully that has been of benefit to you. Uh, I know there's a lot in there. If you have any questions or anything, then just shout at me, let me know. I'll do my best to sort it out for you. You may need to revisit that because there's a lot there, but just bear that in mind whenever it is that you're doing your, your training and you'll get a, a lot, lot, lot more out of it. Okay, thanks.